0: W.A.B.C. New York and 107.1 W.L.I.R. Hampton Bays. It's the 77 W.A.B.C. News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 W.A.B.C. Yep, that's me.
1: Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, February 26th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today going to be warmer than it has been. High 52. And then tonight and overnight, partly cloudy, low 41. Tuesday clouds, afternoon showers, possible the high 55. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 36 and partly cloudy in Iceland, out on Long Island. It's 29 and partly cloudy in Ewing down in New Jersey. And it is 34 and some broken clouds here in Midtown. So much to get to. As we work our way up, 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning, we're... Watching on last night as flames surrounded this building in Spring Valley, the Surrey Carlton apartment, a lot of people thrown out into the cold, nearly 100 residents In the frigid temperatures last night, forced to evacuate 63 adults, 23 kids now displaced from seven buildings. This is a big complex up in Spring Valley, some of them spending the night at the Lewis
0: Kurtz uh, Rec Center. The mayor and also the Board of Trustees opened up the building, which is heated and is being staffed by the Red Cross until they find suitable kind of accommodations while the building's being uh, repaired.
1: The good news here is everybody got out okay. The bad news is it's just not clear when everybody's going to be able to get back into this building. One firefighter was hurt when a roof collapsed around
0: him. He was treated at the nearest hospital and was released.
1: Yeah, so the fire, we're being told, started in this common hallway. The cause under investigation. This is interesting, though. This was the same apartment complex that caught fire back in December. But again... They don't know what started this one. The good news is nobody hurt everybody in this building, or at least a lot of them, at the Lewis Kurtz Rec Center waiting to get information of when they might get back home. Over the weekend... I was inundated with some tweets, with some Facebook messages, all about Mike Flaherty. I had talked about him on Friday. Mike Flaherty owns this really well-known ice cream place in Secaucus, New Jersey, called Mike's Ice Cream. Tiny little shop that is hugely popular. And... Um, my wife and I had gotten to know him pretty well over the last couple of years when we just happened upon the ice cream shop. And this was a guy that uh, was so into the art of making ice cream and not really into the art of making, making money. And he was always kind of clear about that when we would run into him because it was one of these places where you walked in. And you would order ice cream for the entire family and the bill was like six bucks and you're like, how's this guy making any money? And I asked him once, I said, you know, your prices are kind of low. And he said, yeah, you know, it's not about making money and. An institution in Secaucus, uh, and unfortunately, he had become sick with diabetes, had not been around the ice cream shop a, a lot in the last six months, and he passed away at the end of last week. But just to show you sort of what a well-loved guy he was, it was amazing how many people reached out to say that they had been touched by this guy over the years. He had been in business for like 40 years on Patterson Plank Road, uh, lots of people saying, hey, I, my first job was working for Mike as an ice cream scooper, and he paid me well, and I really learned the art of making ice cream and the art of customer service, and it served me well in jobs later on in life. And then you had the Secaucus uh, Police Department reached out. The Secaucus Firefighter, uh, Fire Department reached out. Uh, the uh, Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, all organizations that said over the years Mike had done fundraisers for them and they'd raise money through him through the sale of his ice cream so just a well-loved guy hopefully he knew that before he passed away he last time i saw him i have to say he did not look good um and we were worried about him and unfortunately he passed away but uh as he right before he passed away some people put a fundraiser together on one of the platforms and um they had raised like $25,000. I think it's up to $30,000 now. That money, I imagine, will go to pay for his funeral. But sorry to see that he passed away. What the future is of the ice cream store? Selfishly, of course, I wanted to know that because it's really good ice cream. Uh, don't know. Well, when I find that out, I will let you know. But nice to hear all the tributes to Mike. Uh, hopefully he's hearing them somewhere right now. Uh we're getting some more information on this terrible fire that took place on Friday. Uh, this Harlem building, 17 people were injured. Firefighters making these incredible rescues. These, you know, with uh, ropes attached to them to go down to the side of the building to grab some of the people who were trapped in this apartment building.
2: Three firefighters perform this evolution. We usually have one of these a year or two, this was three at one fire. A very heroic action.
1: Yes, we don't know yet uh, exactly uh, what happened, but we do know how the fire started. It was a lithium ion battery. I mean, how many times are we going to have to say that? And my guess is it'll be a second-rate battery that whoever owned it should have never had. That's what sparked this fire. And when these batteries explode, the flames spread so fast that no matter how fast the firefighters get there, it makes it tough to save lives.
2: Where our members uh, attach themselves to a rope. And then another member goes, goes onto the rope and goes off the side of the building, goes down to the window and grabs a person
3: that is trapped by the fire.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of heroic saves. The 17 injured don't have an update on all of them, but most of them are going to be okay. Those firefighters, I mean, just incredible. What they did is they went into this building to save these people. But, uh, the horrendous part is it is easily avoidable. The FDNY has really pushed this over the last couple years. Do not buy these second-rate batteries for your electric bikes because they can explode and they do explode. And there's been so many people who've lost their lives senselessly because of these second-rate batteries. If you own one of these bikes, buy the real McCoy. And maybe if you're charging it, charge it in a place where uh, nothing like this can happen. But awful to hear that that's what happened. One man was killed in this fire that's, again, started by this lithium-ion battery. WABC News Time 509. Cops still looking for a bunch of people involved in that teen stabbing last week in Times Square. Large group of people outside a migrant shelter, West 42nd Street, pouncing on this guy, stabbing him in the back. Former NYPD Chief of Department Terry Monahan says, is this stuff can't be allowed to happen in the crossroads of the world, and it's happening there way too often. Times
3: Square is vital to the health of New York City, to the economy of New York City. It is the
1: third violent incident involving migrants in Times Square this year. Monahan says... It's an urgent issue and a message but must be sent. The Times Square Alliance echoing that same message, saying over the weekend, saying it's time to hold those responsible accountable for their actions. 510, let's go out to the 2024 White House campaign for the White House. Former President Trump taking a victory lap over the weekend after his resounding win in the South Carolina primary. We
2: ran two great races, but there's never been, ever... There's never been a spirit like this, and I just want to say that I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now.
1: Trump telling his supporters that he'll focus now on immigration if he wins the election. Nikki Haley, the former South Carolina governor, has vowed to stay in the race regardless of tonight's uh, of the outcome. Trump again questioning why Haley remains in the race. And we're going
2: to be up here on November 5th, and we're going to look at Joe Biden. And we're going to look him right in the eye. He's destroying our country, and we're going to say... Joe, you're fired. Get out. Get out, Joe. You're <laughs> okay. fired.
1: Uh, Trump got 59% of the vote to Nikki Haley's 39%. And that's why she says she's not backing down after that decided loss in her home state of South Carolina. She says she has a duty to give voters another option for their presidential candidate. We
2: can't afford four more years of Biden's failures. <laughs> Or Trump's lack of focus.
1: So media outlets, if you weren't paying attention, called this race just minutes after the polls closed. It was not close. Haley thanking her voters, her family, saying she's impressed with how they stepped up to support her during the campaign. I'm
2: not giving up this fight when a majority of Americans disapprove of both Donald Trump and Joe Biden.
1: Yeah, campaign insiders continue to say that they think Donald Trump will cave under the pressure of all of his lawsuits, and that's the reason she's staying in the race. Meanwhile, Donald Trump says former Hawaii Democratic Congressman Tulsi Gabbard is on his short list for vice president should he win the nomination.
3: I, I, of course
1: I would. Oh, Gabbard, by the way, says she would accept if she's been offered that job or if she was offered that job. I,
3: of course I would uh, my, my interest and goal has always been trying to find the best place that I can serve our country.
1: Trump says uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis also on that short list. We have
3: so many challenges that we're facing right now. Uh, this, this election is absolutely
4: critical.
1: On the Democratic side, a Democrat whose name has been touted as a presidential candidate says he's now all in for President Biden getting reelected to a second
5: term. All because of Biden's wisdom, because of his temperance, his yeah. capacity to lead in a bipartisan manner, which is an underrepresented point.
1: California Governor Gavin Newsom there says Biden has an extraordinary record as president. Newsom called... The U.S. economy booming under Biden, noting that 15 million jobs have been added in his first three years in office. What
5: he's done in three years has been a masterclass. close to 15 million jobs. That's eight times more than the last three Republican presidents combined. It's because of his age that he's been so successful. It's because of the wisdom and the character that's developed over years. Yeah, that's quite spin.
1: Michigan Governor Gretchen uh, Whitmer, rather, says she admits she's not sure how much impact a campaign to vote uncommitted will have in Tuesday's Democratic primary. That's what's going around as some voters say they will not go for Joe Biden. They'll vote uncommitted in the primary in Michigan. Any
6: vote that's not cast for Joe Biden supports a second Trump term.
1: Second term democrat expressed pride in her state being home to she calls robust muslim and jewish communities that have lived in harmony for decades arab americans in michigan protesting president biden's backing of israel during the israel hamas war are threatening to vote uncommitted come tuesday we've
6: lived in harmony as neighbors for decades and there's a lot of pain all across all of these communities um, because of what's happening halfway around the world
1: WABC News Time 514. Let's go down to Washington Lawmakers. Going to return to Capitol Hill Wednesday with just three days to pass a government funding bill and avoid a partial government shutdown.
7: Despite what the so-called Republican Freedom Caucus in the House has called for, reports say House Speaker Mike Johnson has been pessimistic about using a stopgap bill to extend the deadline. Johnson said Friday he would move a set of four appropriations bills forward as a single package ahead of the first deadline, Friday. While Democratic House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries said again the Democrats are willing to Find common ground on legislation, including ways to keep the government funded. Another remaining eight bills would have to be voted on by March 8th. I'm Scott Carr in Washington.
1: We're in D.C., two congressmen trying to get a bipartisan border security and foreign aid bill onto the House floor. We
5: are forcing this bill to the floor to make sure that everybody acts because, as uh, P- President Zelensky said, they have weeks and not months.
1: Republican Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick, he's from Pennsylvania. Democratic Congressman Jared Golden, he, or Jared Golden, he's from Maine, say they believe their bill can get the necessary 218 votes in the House. They both agreed a one-party solution likely will not get the votes, and a bill needs to grow out of the middle to be able to pass. They also stress urgency to provide aid to Ukraine uh, after a city fell to Russia last week.
5: Normally, um, any kind of discharge like that would take 30 days to even be considered ripe. Right, but We figured out a way with a parliamentarian to expedite that to a seven-day period. The votes are there to support Ukraine and our other allies, Israel, Taiwan. And I think that the votes are there on border security as well. We need to find a way to get a deal that gets us to 218. I think a deal like that has to grow out of the middle.
1: Yeah, a lot of people discussing this and how it can get done. We're going to get more into it as the morning wears on. But first, 5.15,
3: let's head over to the 77 ABC Sports Desk. Happy Monday. Good morning, Justin. Alex. Happy Monday. Good morning to you, Noam Layden. Starting here in the NHL, the Rangers finally found themselves in the lost column after a scorching hot 10-game heater finally came to an end last night in Columbus, losing to the Blue Jackets by a score of 4-2. Artemi Panarin and Adam Edstrom. Scored, and Jonathan Quick stopped 37 shots for the Blue Shirts, who lost for the first time since January 26th. They still lead the Metro Division with 81 points, seven ahead of second-place Carolina, and they are tied with Boston atop the entire Eastern Conference. Out in Jersey, the Devils got worked by the visiting Tampa Bay Lightning. Final score there, 4-1. to Tyler Toffoli scored his 25th goal of the season for the Devs, who were 2-9-1 in the second half of back-to-back games. Akira Schmidt is making his first start since December 21st. Had 23 saves, but he and the Devils were no match for a very strong Tampa Bay squad. The Devils and Coach Lindy Ruff have concerns. With 24 games left in the regular season, they have been inconsistent in an injury-filled season thus far. And fans did start chanting for Ruff to be fired late in that game yesterday. The same happened early last season. Uh, and New Jersey went on and er, went on a run, I should say, and route to setting a franchise record for points. Looking ahead to tonight on the ice, the Islanders return to action on the road in Dallas at the face-off of the Dallas uh, Stars at 8 p.m. Quick check-in on local collegiate hoops over the weekend. Saint John's had a big statement win last night against number 15 in Big East rival Creighton, beating them handily by a score of 82-66. We're looking ahead to NBA action tonight. Given yesterday's absence of any local action at the Garden, the Knicks get set to welcome in the Detroit Pistons for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off for the Nets tip-off in Memphis against the Grizzlies at 8 p.m. And a quick note, your Mets and Yankees started spring training competitive action over the weekend. So that was some fun uh, baseball to watch. That's your Sports Note,
1: and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. Let's go overseas. The body of late Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has been released to his
7: mother. A family spokesperson confirms the release of Navalny's body, but did not have any information about any funeral for the 47-year-old longtime critic of Russian President Vladimir Putin. Navalny died suddenly last week at a maximum security Russian prison. President Joe Biden has joined with other Western leaders in blaming Putin for Navalny's death. And the president has since announced an additional 500 economic sanctions placed against Russia. This weekend marks two years since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I'm Scott Carr.
1: Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says victory within reach once its operation in Rafa inside Gaza is completed.
4: Unless we have total victory, we can't have peace. We can't leave Hamas in place. We can't leave a quarter of Hamas uh, battalions in uh, rafa and say well that's
1: that's fine the prime minister says the military operation involves evacuating palestinian civilians from Rafah. it's estimated there are more than a million palestinian civilians in that region of gaza the prime minister says israel has destroyed a number of terrorist battalions but there's more to do
4: once we begin the rafa operation the intense phase of the fighting is weeks away from completion not months weeks away from completion to enable the evacuation of the Palestinian civilians in Gaza, and uh, obviously, second, to destroy the remaining Hamas battalions.
1: You know, there's this deal apparently that they're trying to work out, a ceasefire deal between Hamas and Israel to get the hostages released and return Palestinian prisoners inside Israeli jails would be released as well. But Prime Minister Netanyahu over the weekend saying this potential ceasefire deal that they're working on is being held up by Hamas and their
4: delusional claims. They're not even in, in the city. Uh, they're in another planet. But if they come down to, uh, a reasonable uh, situation, then yes, we'll have a hostage. Yes, I
1: hope so. They were talking about a six-week ceasefire that would involve the exchange of about forty hostages in hum, uh, held by Hamas in Gaza for Palestinian prisoners. If
4: Hamas goes down from its delusional claims and goes down, can bring them down to earth, then we'll have the progress that we all want. It's too soon to say if they're uh, if they've abandoned them, but if they they do abandon them and get into what you call the uh, the ballpark.
1: Yeah, and he even said uh, that the On the Table is stopping this operation in Rafa if the hostages are released. Apparently, the conversation is still going on. And because of that mess in the Middle East, there's still the mess with the Houthi rebels who reportedly attacked a U.S.-flagged oil tanker in the Gulf of Aden, south of
5: Yemen. A spokesman for the militant group said on Sunday that the tanker was attacked with a, quote, number of appropriate naval missiles in solidarity with the Palestinians in the Gaza War. U.S. Central Command confirms that the USS Mason guided missile destroyer shot down a missile in the Gulf of Aden that was likely aimed at the tanker. Officials say neither the tanker or the USS Mason were damaged. I'm Jim Forbes.
1: White House continues to push back against Israel's plans in Gaza. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says Israel has not provided President Biden with details of evacuating Palestinian civilians out of Gaza's city of Rafa.
6: We believe that this operation should not go forward until or unless we see that. We haven't seen it, but we're waiting to hear from the Israelis on that front.
1: Yeah, so what the White House says is they've made it clear to Israel the U.S. will only support a major military operation in Rafa if there's a specific plan that guarantees the civilians' safety.
6: We're talking about more than a million people who have been pushed into this small space in Gaza because of military operations elsewhere. It's also the area where all of the humanitarian assistance comes into Gaza to serve all of Gaza. We do not believe that a major military operation should proceed in Rafah unless there is a clear and executable plan to protect those civilians, to get them to safety, and to feed, clothe, and house them.
1: Middle East isn't the only place that continues to be a mess. Ukrainian President Zelensky says his nation needs more weapons from allies in its continued defense against Russia.
6: In an interview with NBC News, Zelensky said Russian President Vladimir Putin is looking to continue his war further into Europe and that he will do it until 2030. Zelensky said if allies are ready to give the country air defenses, he can use them to save civilians, historical centers and hospitals. Saturday marked two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. I'm Mark Mayfield.
1: And National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan talking about Ukraine over the weekend
6: as well. So Ukraine's fate rests largely on House Speaker Mike Johnson. We're asking Congress, especially the House of Representatives, after a bipartisan vote in the Senate to move fast so that we can once again supply Ukraine with the tools it needs to win this fight.
1: Sullivan stressed that Ukraine needs the aid from the U.S. to survive and that Johnson is the one who will
6: ultimately decide if that happened. History is watching whether Speaker Johnson will put that bill on the floor. If he does, it will pass. will get Ukraine what it needs for Ukraine to succeed. We will not be able to give Ukraine the tools required for it to stand up to Russia, and Putin will be the major beneficiary of that.
1: W.A.B.C. News Time 525. <laughs> Oppenheimer, the big winner at the Screen Actors Guild Awards over the weekend. It was on Netflix this year, if you were looking for it. I don't know, was anybody looking for the Screen Actors Guild Awards? But uh, it was a big night uh, for the uh, movie Oppenheimer.
5: To receive this recognition in a year of spectacular achievement from all of the people in this room, our acting friends, our acting heroes, it means the world to us.
1: It won the equivalent of the SAG Awards Best Film of the Year, the historical film about the making of the atom bomb, won awards for stars uh, Cillian
2: Murphy. Unlike my fellow nominees, I will never grow tired from the sound of my own voice.
6: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Is that him? I don't think that was him. This was a um, failed musician, and uh, I felt extremely like an interloper, but now looking out on all of you guys here today, I know that I'm part of something truly wonderful.
1: Divine Joy Randolph won for Best Supporting Actress for The Holdovers, uh, which is a great movie, by the way. Lily Gladstone won Best Actress for Killers of the Flower Moon. And uh, Barbara Streisand, who doesn't usually show up at these kinds of things, she did. She received the Lifetime Achievement Award on Saturday night.
2: I've loved working with you, playing with you, and inhabiting that magical world of the movies with you.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know. With Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah. On 77 WABC.
1: Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Monday, February 26. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A mix of sun and clouds today. High 52. Tonight and overnight, partly clouds. Low 41, even warmer for Tuesday. Clouds, afternoon showers, possible high 55. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 36, partly cloudy in Islip out on Long Island. It's 29 and partly cloudy in Ewing down in New Jersey. And it is 34 and partly cloudy outside our Midtown studios. We'll start this half hour up in poughkeepsie a search for a five-year-old boy going on a good portion of the afternoon yesterday uh firefighters police knocking on people's doors uh, all over this one section of poughkeepsie saying hey have you seen this five-year-old boy yeah
3: they came to my door but um we told them
1: that we didn't
2: see anything they asked if we had cameras up I told them no that was really
1: it. Now, it's not clear what happened in this moment, but firefighters checked out this drainage ditch. This was about 5 o'clock last night, and that's where they found this boy in chest-high water. The Mid-Hudson Regional Hospital EMTs tried to revive this boy, so did firefighters. Uh, unfortunately, they were unable to. He passed away. How he got into this ditch and how he got away from his family, those details we don't know yet but uh, it was a rough night for everybody. Um, As I
3: pulled in, I had asked, and they said that they were looking for a little boy,
4: but that's pretty much it, nothing else.
1: Yeah, so when they found this 5-year-old, firefighters immediately began life-saving measures before rushing him to the Mid-Hudson Regional Hospital. A LifeNet medevac helicopter was requested to meet the medics at the scene to airlift this boy to Westchester Medical Center. Sources at the hospital say the child had been pronounced dead at the hospital and was not being airlifted last night they brought in a chaplain for the firefighters and everybody who tried to save this boy cuz you can imagine uh, of course incredibly traumatic to the family and to the firefighters no word yet again what took place how this boy ended up leaving his home or in the drainage uh, drainage ditch i imagine those details will come out as the morning wears on on a much lighter note everybody talking about Flacco the owl and how he died In dramatic and traumatic impact, apparently slamming into a building, he was found dead on Friday. And over the weekend, zoologists and bird lovers were piecing together what may have happened in the final moments of his life.
2: He suffered a double concussion, first from colliding with the window, and then he actually, unfortunately, face-planted onto the pavement.
1: Now, Flacco, if you haven't followed this story, he escaped from the Central Park Zoo about a year ago, escaping the enclosure there. Police actually still looking to arrest whoever may have helped him out of that enclosure because they think someone did. Flacco had been in good physical shape, the necropsy found. Uh, he had succeeded in catching prey, even though he had no experience hunting because he came to the zoo 13 years ago. Uh, he was found dead on the sidewalk on Manhattan's Upper West Side on Friday.
6: New
2: York City annually has 90,000 to 200,000 birds collide and die with windows and buildings. We can mandate that
6: all buildings have birds. It's almost birds. worth hearing
1: that again. This is how many birds collide and die when they hit buildings every year just in New York City. New
2: York City annually has 90,000 to
6: 200,000 birds Collide and die with windows and buildings. We can mandate that all buildings have bird-friendly gl- glass or decals on the windows. Yeah, that's
7: crazy. I would
1: never would have guessed it was that many birds. Uh, eulogies uh, from admirers pouring in over the weekend. So did speculation of which many urban threats to wildlife may have contributed to Flacco's death. Flacco
6: captured the world's attention. Everybody was rooting for him.
2: I feel like Flacco represented something so special to people. And he really inspired people.
1: Yeah, people, or some anyway, were real. He invested in this bird. Flacco fans uh, say they listened to his nightly hooting on the Upper West Side, and now, uh, well, I guess
6: the neighborhood's gone kind of quiet. Flacco's loss is a big loss for the city. He was able to capture the uh, imagination of so many people.
5: I would bet that if Flacco
6: could choose, he would choose his year of freedom, even though he died. He died free as opposed to being trapped in a cage alone.
1: Yeah. WABC Time 539. Let's go out to Long Island. A family in mourning there after their loved one was killed while crossing the road in his wheelchair over the weekend. Suffolk County police say the driver who hit him. Was impaired behind the wheel. Raymond Hubbard's heartbroken sisters uh, starting a memorial Sunday night along Middle Country Road in Corum for the 33 year old brother who was killed as he just tried to cross the street in what was a new wheelchair.
0: And just to know that he fell out his wheelchair and nobody even stopped to put on their hazards and help him out the street. Cause I heard that like cars were like riding around him. Instead of getting out and helping him, so like that's just terrible
1: yeah it is amazing. How does nobody stop? This was about ten fifteen at
0: night if he wasn't impaired, he possibly could have seen him in the on the road way in. And- stopped and helped him instead of running him over. He didn't deserve that. He was an amazing soul, and he will truly be missed.
1: Police arresting 25-year-old Nicholas Doxtater, who was arrested, charged with driving while ability impaired by drugs. Uh, The family, of course, now in mourning. Uh, He apparently was on his way over to Raymond Hubbard, was on his way over to his sister's house to show off the new wheelchair that he had just received.
0: Hysterical, crying, like, because he, he's been through a lot. Like, he was already recently paralyzed from his waist down. My mom passed, and then now this. He uh, was staying at a shelter up the street. So, and um, I was told by them that he actually was on his way to see me. To show me his new wheelchair.
1: Yeah, Doc Stater will go before a judge uh, early this morning. While we're out in Long Island, Nassau County Police arresting a new Hyde Park man for attempting to murder his own parents over the weekend. 24-year-old Joshua Willick entered his parents' bedroom, began attacking his mother, who's 64, his father, who's 60, with a knife in their cherry wood drive home, continued to assault them as they left the house. While outside, he put his arms around one of his parents' necks. Responding officers finally removed Willick from the victim, arrested him. Neighbors say the father actually had, able to get away, had run to nearby houses ringing the doorbell, begging
7: someone to call 911. I can't believe it. I just, to do that to your own parents... I just, I have no words.
2: Surprising. You never really hear of stories like that here. It's
0: a quiet neighborhood.
1: Yeah, I guess until it's not. Police say both victims sustained severe lacerations taken to the hospital. They're listed in critical but stable condition as of last night. I don't know
5: the situation, his situation, what's going on in his household. I don't know what he's going through mentally or whatever it is, but it's very scary.
3: And I hope his family finds guidance throughout this. I hope his parents are okay.
1: Willick charged with attempted murder. He's expected to be arraigned later today. 542 up to the Bronx. An out of control SUV mowing down, killing a 24-year-old man on a bike in the Bronx. The driver of the vehicle left the scene. Thierno Balde was riding a bike. This was East 161st Street. When he got to Melrose Avenue, this jeep slammed into him, killing him, and then drove off. Balde is part of a close-knit family who lives in the Bronx.
5: Let's all eat together as a family and then left the house. And, he, and I never know, he will never come back in this apartment again. This death has affected the whole family.
1: Yeah, Balde was actually on his way to morning prayer at a nearby mosque. The 24-year-old following in his siblings footsteps they had just moved to the bronx from guinea five months ago he was waiting to pursue papers so he could possibly work in the it industry
5: back home is not as easy he wanted the opportunity to come here to pursue his education to change his life for for the better
1: yes yeah, so police apparently have this video of a woman abandoning the vehicle that hit ball Day. she apparently calmly gets out of this SUV and simply walks away. Police say she actually had the green light but appeared to be speeding, and so far they haven't been able to find her. Uh, Yesterday was the 26th Chinatown Lunar Parade, New Year Parade and Festival down in Chinatown. The event organized by Better Chinatown USA marked the culmination of celebrations that kicked off back on February 10th when the New Year officially began. A lot of people showing up for this parade yesterday. Started along Mott Street, went to Canal, made its way to Chatham Square. It was
5: amazing. <laughs> I love the confetti. Yeah. I love it,
4: too. The festivity, the dragon. Oh, my God, so much fun. We try to make it here every year. You know, I went to grade school here in Chinatown, and so them being a quarter Chinese, I really want them to absorb the culture that, that this place has to offer.
1: Yeah, this procession, parade, whatever you want to call it, moved along East Broadway towards the Manhattan Bridge turned, uh, onto Grand Street. The parade ended next to Sarah D. Roosevelt Park where they had this huge festival with tons of booths. It was a nice afternoon it was cold but there was a lot of people out who wanted to celebrate the lunar
7: new year and they did
4: i liked that they were handing out prizes they were throwing stuff there was a lot of music i liked it a lot
7: it was fabulous i love the confetti i love all the dragons and it's
5: just so much better with them involved
1: yeah lots of politicians marching in this parade yesterday including governor Hokel. All right, coming up on 545, let's head over to the
3: 77WABC Sports
1: Desk where we find Justin Ellis.
3: Thank you, Noam Lynn. Starting here on the ice in the NHL, the Rangers finally found themselves in the loss column after a scorching hot 10-game heater. Finally came to an end last night in Columbus, losing to the Blue Jackets by a score of 4-2. to Artemi Panarin and Adam Edstrom scored, and Jonathan Quick stopped 37 shots for the Rangers, who lost for the first time since January 26th. They still lead the Metro Division with 81 points, seven ahead of second-place Carolina, and they are tied with Boston atop the entire Eastern Conference. Out in Jersey, the Devils got worked by the visiting Tampa Bay Lightning. Final score there, 4-1. to one. Tyler Toffoli scored his 25th goal of the season for the Devils, who are 2-9-1 in the second half of back-to-back games. Akira Schmidt, who is making his first start since December 21st, had 23 saves, but he and the Devils were no match for a very strong Tampa squad. The Devils and Coach Lindy Ruff have concerns with 24 games left in the regular season. They have been inconsistent in an injury-filled year, and fans started chanting for Ruff to be fired late in yesterday's game. The same happened early last season. And then New Jersey went on a run and route to setting a franchise record for points. Looking ahead to tonight on the ice, the Islanders returned to action on the road in Dallas at the face off of the stars at 8 p.m. Quick check in on local collegiate hoops over the weekend. St. John's had a big statement win last night against number 15 and Big East rival Creighton beating them handily by a score of 80 to 66. And we're looking ahead to NBA action and not given yesterday's absence of any local action at the Garden. Knicks gets set to welcome in the Detroit Pistons for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off before the Nets tip-off in Memphis against the Grizzlies at 8 p.m. That is Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 548.
1: AT&T going to provide customers affected by Thursday's network outage with, ready for this, a $5 credit. <laughs> That's not insulting. Five bucks for having your phone out for an, almost an entire day. In a
6: statement on its website, the cellular provider said that customers will receive it within two billing cycles. AT&T says the software update is to blame. The service disruption started early Thursday and was a major headache for many with phone services limited. GPS maps failed and some 911 calls didn't go through. AT&T serves more than 100 million customers, according to the company's website.
1: I'm Chris Caraccio. You know, sometimes it's insulting when you get too little, right? Better if you just don't give anything, and then people complain. But then you give them five bucks, they go, really? California Governor Gavin Newsom says Alabama's recent decision that embryos count as people is what he says part of a war on women.
6: Newsom spoke with NBC News Meet the Press on Saturday, where he said the decision is part of a larger game plan by Republicans to restrict women's travel, health care, and even how a woman is defined. He also criticized former President Trump, who was reportedly considering a 16-week federal abortion ban. I'm Chris Caraggio. 5.50,
1: let's bring it back home. Flames surrounding a building in Spring Valley last night, the Surrey-Carlton Apartments on Skin Avenue. 100 residents left in the frigid cold after they were forced to evacuate. This includes about 63 adults, 23 children now displaced from this huge complex, seven buildings in all, some spending the night at the Lewis Kurtz Center.
0: The mayor and also the board of trustees opened up the building, which is heated and is being staffed by the Red Cross until they find suitable kind of accommodations and while the building's being uh, repaired.
1: Good news here is everybody made out of that complex safely. One firefighter hurt when a roof collapsed on him. He
0: was treated at the nearest hospital and was released. So
1: the fire started on the second floor in this common hallway. Cause remains under investigation. There was a fire at the same apartment complex just two months ago in December. Former President Trump taking a victory lap over the weekend after his resounding win in the South Carolina primary. We
2: ran two great races. But there's never been, ever, there's never been a spirit like this. And I just want to say that I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Trump
1: telling his supporters Saturday night i will focus on immigration if he wins the election. And
2: we're going to be up here on November 5th, and we're going to look at Joe Biden, and we're going to look him right in the eye. He's destroying our country, and we're going to say... Joe, you're fired. Get out. Get out, Joe. You're fired.
1: Nikki Haley, meanwhile, says she's not going to back down after a decided loss in that primary. She got 39 percent of the vote on Saturday. Trump got 59 percent. But she says she still has a duty to give voters in the Republican Party another option for a presidential
2: candidate. We can't afford four more years of Biden's failures. (laughs) Or Trump's lack of focus.
1: So the major news outlets, they called this race just minutes after the polls closed on Saturday night, all reporting Donald Trump the winner. Afterwards, Haley thanked both the voters and her family, saying she's impressed with how they stepped up to support her campaign.
2: I'm not giving up this fight when a majority of Americans disapprove of both Donald Trump and Joe
1: Biden. She's got a lot of money in her campaign war chest if she does want to keep on going. Some Haley insiders say they think there's a possibility Donald Trump could cave under the weight of all the lawsuits against him, part of the reason that she's staying in the race. Meanwhile, Donald Trump not thinking too much about Haley anymore, thinking more about going towards the Republican convention this summer and picking a vice presidential candidate. He says Tulsi Gabbard is on a short list for she is, of course, the former Hawaii Democratic congresswoman. Gabbard says she would accept the gig if she's offered it.
3: I, of course I would. Uh, my, my interest and goal has always been trying to find the best place that I can serve our country.
1: Trump has said South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, also on that list, though, Ron DeSantis said he would not accept. We have
3: so many challenges that we're facing right now. Uh, This this election is absolutely critical.
1: And for the Democrats over the weekend, a Democrat whose name has been touted as a presidential candidate says he's now all in for President Biden getting reelected to a
5: second term. All because of Biden's wisdom, because of his temperance, his capacity to lead in a bipartisan manner, which is an underrepresented point.
1: California Governor Gavin Newsom says Biden has an extraordinary record, pointing to the 15 million jobs that have been added in his first three years.
5: What he's done in three years has been a masterclass, close to 15 million jobs. That's eight times more than the last three Republican presidents combined.
1: Unlike a fair amount of other Democrats, Newsom says he is confident Biden would defeat former President Trump this fall.
5: It's because of his age. ...that he's been so successful. It's because of the wisdom and the character that's developed over years. Yeah, that, some people might call that spinning.
1: Let's bring it back home to Brooklyn. Williamsburg residents raising money to help save a beloved dog cafe... ...that recently announced it'll be closing on Monday. This is not a story I would normally do, but um, it's crazy how much money has been raised. So the Boris and Horton Cafe had its first location in the East Village six years ago. Its second location opened in 2023. Its first dog cafe in Brooklyn. This dog friendly business grew into a community staple. The landlord has raised the rent big time. Some frequent customers call this the greatest place because they can bring their dogs with them inside the dog cafe. <laughs>
5: come here. It's always so busy and I'm just so devastated that they might not be here anymore.
1: Thinking back right away about all the good memories that we've had here and the, just overall, Copy and Logan, the amount of effort that they put in to build a community and the amount of organizations that they partnered with to make sure that dogs have a good life is just amazing and I hope that it continues. Yeah, I mean, I love my dog, but I don't know that it ever to bring them with me to drink coffee, but apparently a lot of people in Brooklyn do love this. So the owners were ready to close, but one customer said they would help raise money to keep them open.
5: I mean, I think rent is really, really expensive, and our primary... Um you know, business driver is, is a, is coffee and pastries and things like that. Community really rallied around us and basically asked, um, to, to keep us open. Um, so we thought about it and we started a little fundraising drive.
1: Yeah. So they're doing this GoFundMe. Okay. So they need $250,000 by this morning to stay open. As of last night, this is people raising money for a dog cafe. They had raised One hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now, I don't know if that'll be enough, but (laughs) that's unbelievable. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars to keep a dog cafe in Brooklyn open. I mean, good for them.